It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and that means we are getting you primed for the Dolphins' Week 14 matchup against the Tennessee Titans with a crossover with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. Let's get it. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and that means it is time for another crossover edition. Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans, and we are covering this Week 14 Monday night football matchup between the Dolphins and the Titans. we got AFC Conference Clash. Teams with different storylines will get you covered from all angles ahead of this game. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100. Tyler, it's good to see you. I think we lasted this in 2021, and that was not a very happy ending for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but so right. Just a few hard feelings from that game. It's not a big deal, but it's it's good to see <laughs> how you're doing. Kyle Krabs revenge game. <laughs> right, along with the... Uh, the Ryan Tannehill storyline that uh, we didn't get this year. We have to have some kind of revenge of game element here so that I'm happy yes. to step up to the plate. Absolutely. Great job there. We needed that from you. And uh, I have to say, I don't mean to be too pessimistic from the Titans angle, but I think you may very well get that revenge. It seems like a good spot for it. So let's, let's talk about the stories coming into this matchup in, in Tennessee. Uh, probably not the pathway that, Many expected for Tennessee. Kind of what's the biggest storyline for Tennessee? Obviously, that disappointing loss to Indianapolis last week in overtime that was a near miss. A lot of special teams contributions to that loss. Is that the focus for you guys? Is it Jeffrey Simmons? Like, what's the big beat right now amongst Titans fans? Well, I think when you look at the entire situation and all the circumstances, uh, there was, and I've admitted to this, I am guilty. The Titans signed DeAndre Hopkins. There's preseason hype. Every fan base is optimistic in the preseason. And I'm even known as a pessimist. And I bought into the hype and was excited, thinking the Titans could. I didn't think that they would be able to make a deep playoff run and contend for a Super Bowl. But I thought that they would be competitive in the division and be there fighting for the division crown. And, and you look back and you look at what the roster was coming into the year. I think it's fair to say that that, that was unrealistic expectations. You look at the offensive line some of the pieces on defense. I think the coaching hasn't gotten the most out of some of the guys that are there too, but at the end of the day, the roster just isn't good. So I think the focus has obviously changed at this stage in the season four and eight. And I think the big storyline for the Titans going forward is, is losing the best thing now because the Titans have a tremendous need at left tackle and right tackle. Like it is a despicable situation and you could make a statistical argument and a film argument that the Titans have had the worst left tackle spot in the NFL for two years running. Like whoever is playing there, it doesn't matter. It's a terrible left tackle spot. So when you think about that, the needs at wide receiver, the needs in the secondary, it may be best for the Titans to secure as high of a pick as they can possibly get in this draft. And I think you take that thought and you combine it with, Hey, Will Levis has really shown some flashes. Now, the completion percentage is down, but the Titans have had 15 drops in the last three weeks. The 10% drop rate for Will Levis, one of the highest in the NFL. You look at the quarterback hit percentage. You look at pressure percentage. Will Levis is all at the highest, so he's getting hit all the time. 
pressured all the time. His wide receivers are dropping passes, and he's still making the Titans' offense look decent in certain games and, and getting them down the field. Um, I think you see Derrick Henry getting a lot of touchdowns lately. Well, Will Levis is creating explosive pass plays to get them down there to do it. So you take the state of the roster and the needs on this roster, and you combine it with, hey, Will Levis might be a guy that you can actually build around. And I think the storyline for the Titans going forward, even if the most optimistic fans don't want to admit it, is, hey, this team is probably better off losing these games and being able to secure, secure guys who you know very well as locked-on NFL scouting host. Olaf Ashanu or Joe Alt. The Titans need to get their hands on one of those guys. And the best thing they can do going forward is lose, if we're honest. And last year, they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is something I said needed to happen. And it set them up to get a blue-chip prospect in Peter Skaronsky, who's been their best offensive lineman this year when he's been at full strength. So I think it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's clear going forward the Titans are are best to lose so they can use their $100 million in cap space and use the high draft picks that they'll get by losing and, and rebuild this roster quickly, which happens in the NFL, as you know. And the uh, the trends of these two teams, I think that's a good embodiment. When you look at big picture for Tennessee and, and what um, what the trend is for that team for Miami, this is a team that was 8-3 and three last year and lost four five consecutive games, 0-4 four, oh four yeah. in December. And for as much as you want to make it about this year's team and not last year's team. And last year doesn't really impact this year is very right. interesting. The dolphins on hard knocks and even in Mike McDaniel's press availabilities building up to this game asked about eight and three last year versus eight and three this year. And they taught, they have talked about, and it was shown on, on hard knocks on Tuesday night. They talked about eight and three and Mike McDaniel said, this team is blessed to be put in the same position that we were in last year to right, right. the wrong of last year. Mike McDaniel yeah. said that, that that losing skid cut that team deep last year and the scars are still there. And their process this year has been committed to writing and justifying what happened late in the season last year. Well, Miami already went on the road and took care of business against the commanders. So now they're now nine and three. They've won more games in December this year than last year. But this team looked up and Jacksonville lost to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Kansas City lost to Green Bay. They're coming into this game as the number one seed in the AFC, and they have four of their last five games at home where they're 15 and two in their last 17 games. So Miami, it's it's all about trying to maximize this opportunity because they've been very aggressive from a roster construction standpoint, trading for Bradley Chubb last year at the trade deadline, trading for Jalen Ramsey this offseason. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of maneuvers with a quarterback on a rookie contract and to a tongue of a low, there's a math problem that this team's going to face this offseason. Yep. The way things are breaking, they have a real chance if they can secure as many home playoff games as they can to make a deep playoff run and, and continue the momentum if they're able to build on what the Washington game provided. So you get a Monday night showcase against Tennessee at Hard Rock Stadium. And for the Dolphins, this is all about don't get ahead of yourself and make sure your process is centered in this week and here and now and this opponent, but having that big picture perspective. So how they tightrope that is going to be pretty interesting because this is a football team that one of the critiques is, well, they only beat teams that they're supposed to be. And they're about the only team that's done that universally across the entire <laughs> right. season. And that's how they right. end up at nine and three. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for Tennessee, with the injuries that they've incurred. And I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the absence of Jeffrey Simmons and what that impact is as far as uh, the, the matchups in the trenches for these two teams in our next block. But uh, 
the the spread I think certainly speaks for itself. It's it's floating on FanDuel somewhere around 14 points and two touchdowns. So yep. the expectation set at a certain bar, and for Miami, it's about not putting the forest before the trees, but also having that big picture perspective on where this team is at. Yeah, it's a redemption thing, right? You know, you you did it last year, you failed. You have a real, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to get redemption for some of their mistakes in an exact situation. So you're 100% right. And it's funny, I look at the Dolphins and the Dolphins, how they have built the last few years around Tua may be a, a thing that the Titans want to look at. You know, you go out and you trade for a top edge rusher. You draft a wide receiver high. You also trade for a number one veteran receiver. You bring in a veteran left tackle to fix things. I think the Titans need a big mixture of taking some of these positions early in the draft and actually being aggressive to add certain spots with veterans that are already established. And you get a good mixture of that with a quarterback who can get it done with the pieces around him in his rookie deal. And you might be cooking with something. So looking at what the Dolphins are doing is is kind of a picture of what the Titans may try to do in the next few years. So let's kind of turn the page. We'll we'll start looking at some of the matchups, the X's and O's, kind of the scheme, the the personnel that's Mm -hmm. going to be available for this contest. That is going to be coming up next here on this Crossover Thursday. Stick with us. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion, with a B, professionals, making it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they may not have the adequate time and resources to have a robust hiring process. And that is why with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making your process even easier and quicker than before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Tyler, if I had to tell you, here's one matchup in this game that you got to see you think's really going to be telling or maybe from a different perspective, you're really looking forward to seeing from the Tennessee lens of how they approach in this game. And you had to pick the headliner. What would it be? Uh, I think it's the Titans terrible secondary against the wide receiver group of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the the Titans conversation online has been mostly comedy about, hey, how many yards will Tyreek Hill put up against this defense? The Titans' pass defense has been awful for multiple years running. Even when the defense is at its best, the pass defense still seems to struggle. So you look at a guy like Christian Fulton, who has been a target all year long for opposing offenses. Uh, He's been benched periodically in and out throughout the season in a contract year. Uh, Doesn't seem to be uh, in the favor of the coaching staff. Mike Brable seems to call him out in different little ways that coaches do all the time. Most recently this week, Mike Brable said, yep, the hamstring got him again. And Mike Vrabel's called him a repeat offender for the hamstring. He's really uh, hammered Christian Fulton for the hamstring soft tissue injuries. It's pretty clear that he blames Fulton and his preparation for those injuries, and that's the way he talks about it. So Fulton may be out, and he's been bad when he's been in. You look at the other side, Sean Murphy Bunting has had good moments at cornerback, but to me, he's a cover two cornerback. He can play that flat, 
Maybe you play a little cover four and keep him close to the sideline, but he's not a guy who can play in man coverage. He's not a guy who I want covering deep third, going backwards and vertical routes against wide receivers outside. And then the safety position, since the Titans traded Kevin Byard, you have a Monty Hooker who's a, a good starter in the NFL at safety. But the Titans have been rotating Kayvon Wallace and Elijah Molden and Terrell Edmonds at the other safety spot. And, and there's just nobody there who's who's really a, a real starter in the NFL. The Titans are a heavy cover four team. They run a ton of quarters. And Kyle, you know, they run that match quarters where if there's an in-breaking route, the safety will come down and the corner will stay with the vertical. I cannot tell you how many times the Titans have gotten beat on the deep post because the safety is triggered by you know, the the inside, the, the two guy running a, a dig and he comes up on it and then the outside guy runs the post and there's nobody deep and the corner's playing outside leverage and he gets beat inside. Like, it happened last week with Alec Pierce on a deep touchdown at the beginning of the game. So, the, the Titans are just very vulnerable to the speed of the wide receiver group of the Miami Dolphins and their cornerback group has gotten shredded down the field by slower groups like Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce, who are good players, but they aren't the speed threats of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. We can all see that pretty clearly. So the wide receivers against the Dolphins are just such a mismatch for the Titans secondary that I think it negates the Titans pass rush, which is going to be sullied without Jeffrey Simmons anyway. And there's just no answer that the Titans will have on defense with what they do for what Miami presents, which in fairness, there aren't a lot of teams out there that have had answers for what Miami presents on offense, but with the Titans' reliance on cover four and their lack of reliance on cover two man, which I think could maybe help you here, I, I just think schematically it's a, it's a disadvantage and it's a talent disadvantage. So that matchup right there, the receivers against the secondary, kind of decides whether the Titans will fake, keep it competitive or not uh, in this game and whether it's entertaining or not, I guess I should say. So I, I have a few thoughts off that. And the first one being, I think one thing that Miami has done a really good job of is they've had selective times when they want to take shots, right? And, and they do play Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and the speed of those two guys off of each other, mm -hmm. whether it's same side releases or it's them on you know two different sides of the field trying to attract uh, the, the safeties and kind of get that bite on the middle of the field drive to, mm -hmm. to cut that in-breaking route. Uh, this is where I think Jeffrey Simmons' absence really will be felt because Miami – they can space the field and attack quarters and zone coverages with less eligibles than a lot of other teams because of the speed. So mm -hmm. you, you see Miami, they'll, they'll release three guys out in the route, sometimes two guys out in the routes, and they're still able to find space just because of how, <laughs> how much respect you're commanding explosively. Yeah. So when Miami does that, they'll do their, their play action ball fakes but they're able to do more max protection or seven man protection and try to manufacture as many double teams as you can up front. And then mm -hmm. teams, when they try and say, okay, well, we want to circumvent that. So we're going to bring extra bodies. And when you blitz, that's where I think one of the areas that Tua Tungvaloa, just with his initial like spatial awareness and feel, he beats the blitz really fast. And, and if you're going to fire extra bodies, you saw it on the second touchdown uh, to Tyreek Hill on Sunday against the commanders where they brought extra bodies and they tried to attack and they actually played cover three zone behind it, but Tua faded his drop away from where he knew they didn't have the numbers and protection and then threw the ball down the field. And it was just that speed was overwhelming for those corners. So I think you bring some great points there. And just my observation of man, I'm, I'm not mad if I'm rooting for the dolphins to win, did not see Jeffrey Simmons be able to suit up. Obviously you hope we see him back and, and 
healthy as soon as possible because he is one of the best interior defensive linemen in football. Right. But that matchup would really help their bid to win this football game because you do think about Danico Autry, who I think is tied for a career high in sacks this season. Mm-hmm. And Harold yep. Landry's an explosive player on the edge. Maybe, you know, not as explosive as when he first came into the league because I know he's, he's had getting a better injuries, though. But... He, coming back from the ACL, he he definitely yeah. struggled early in the year. But for the last three weeks or so, I'm pretty sure he's led the Titans in pressures in each game. So he's definitely improved. Okay. And the Titans drop him into coverage too often, in my opinion, and drop him into the flats. They try to do those sim pressures, but uh, his versatility makes him as valuable as he is and why they paid him. But he he is getting better. I will say that. I think obviously next year we'll see a full return, which is common with the ACL. But I, I agree with you. That's one place. And correct me if I'm wrong. There are some injuries on the Dolphins offensive line right now, right? Yeah. So we're not sure with Teron Armstead. Uh, it feels like every week we're not right. sure with Teron Armstead. Right. But Keith, I will also say that Kendall Lamb has been the swing tackle this year. <laughs> and when, and when Titans he's played, legend. he's played well. Like he He's played right. really well in lieu of Teron Armstead in just about every game other than the second Patriots game and the Bills mm-hmm. game, I believe were the two in which you, you didn't feel like he necessarily put a great foot forward. But uh, And then Robert Hunt uh, re-aggravated a hamstring injury on Sunday against the Commanders, uh, kind of mm-hmm. overextended his stride when the Commanders ran a twist stunt, and he he really overextended to, to reduce a hit on Tua Tagovailoa, and, and that stride opened up, and, and he twinged that hamstring. So... They've been very conservative with injuries, soft tissue. That was one of the things that contributed to the team and the five-game losing streak at the end of the year last year is they, they had some guys that played mm-hmm. through stuff, and then it snowballed, and then they were never 100% again. Right. They've been very deliberate, so I would not be surprised if you don't see Robert Hunt. Uh, Teron Armstead, he kind of got leg-whipped at the end of the first half, so it was just kind of a tweak on his ankle. Meg McDaniel did say after the game, that he would was available to come back into the game for the Dolphins. So if the score wasn't thirty-one to seven, you may have seen Teron Armstead come back. And that would have been that would have been the like the game breaker for the Titans. You know, like everything else is stacked against them. But when the Titans' defensive line is able to dominate a game, it just lets the Titans stay competitive. It lets it, it mm-hmm. drags the game into the mud, lets them stay in there. And without Jeffrey Simmons, the Titans aren't going to be able to capitalize on that potential in you know what I mean it's a potential weakness spot they could tap on until it breaks and without Simmons it just makes it it just makes it impossible for the Titans to really truly take advantage so it's just another thing that makes the odds stack so so heavily against the Titans to go into Miami they haven't won all year on the road they're without Simmons their best player which could take advantage of the weakness that Miami has because of injuries the one weakness they might be able to get it, it, it just makes it tough for the Titans when we look at these two matchups that we just discussed. Yeah, and just a quick thought that I had as far as matchups when Tennessee does have the football. Uh, I'll be really fascinated to see where DeAndre Hopkins takes the majority of his snaps. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as, as good of a route runner as you're going to find in football, he's been productive this year for Tennessee. The Dolphins don't travel corners. It's Jalen Ramsey's on one side, Xavier Howard's on the other side, and they have Cater Kohu, their second-year player, in the nickel. So but do they really- press? That's my question because press coverage is really hurt. If you look at his off coverage versus press coverage, like production, it's totally different. So a lot of teams like the Titans have played zone heavy teams the last few weeks, like the Panthers and the Colts and the Jags, the heaviest zone teams in the league almost. And they still play some press and play some man against the Titans because they're so weak with it. So do you think Fangio will go from kind of the zone, you know, defense that he likes to run and maybe play some press man a little more to, to hit on the Titans? 
So I, I, I think one thing that they can do, and with some of Vic's uh, split field coverages that they call, they mm-hmm. do have uh, it, Zeus is a coverage call in which they're playing zone but they are effectively funneling and pressing and getting two players leveraged over top of an individual receiver. Uh, they, they, depending on whether it's man or zone, it could be Zeus. Uh, they call it roll luggage uh, as different calls that is dedicated to, we're going to get a guy in this guy's face and then we're going to play a safety over the top, whether that be zone and you're funneling it, or we're going to play man and then you're going to trail and have, have the extra help. So they can dictate those calls if they feel good about their matchups elsewhere across the board. And it's one of the areas where when you didn't have Jalen Ramsey, and then there was a stretch where Xavier Howard missed some time uh, with an issue as well in the middle of the season. And you have Eli Apple out there and Cater Co, who instead of being the nickels on the outside, everything mm-hmm. was very vanilla as a result. And since Jalen Ramsey's return, you've started to see a little bit more of these exotics in coverage. So I would not be surprised if you do get some of that and don't assume that it's just man coverage. They, they could cloud that corner up over the top if it's outside. Or conversely, they could say, hey, we're going to get the nickel over top of you, and then we know the inside backer and the safety, we're going to funnel you no matter how you, you choose to release. Yep, yep. That, make, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, and I, I hate to be this way, but what I'm most excited about for this game is to see what the Dolphins do on defense just because I love watching what Fangio does. So yeah. I, I'm excited to, to see that as well. Well, we have uh, Keys to Victory upcoming next year on this Crossover Thursday episode. Make sure you stick with us as we bring this crossover preview to a close. All right. Do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Skylight Frames. Look, guys, we all know it can be hard to buy gifts for certain people during the holiday season. You want to give something that's meaningful, not just more socks and candles and slippers and all that stuff that really isn't going to change anybody or make a big impact. That's what Skylight Frames are for. It's not a boring holiday gift. It's something that's going to have real meaning. It's going to bring real joy into your loved one's life. Again, you all know that hard to gift person, whether it's your spouse, your friend, sister, mom, dad, grandmother, brother, cousin, doesn't matter. You know who I'm talking about. Well, that is why you need the Skylight digital picture frame. Okay. So this is what I like. Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame. You can send photos to straight from your phone and they appear in seconds. I've had problems with other digital frames that it's hard to get the picture on there. It doesn't want to transfer. Not with Skylight. It's going to be on there in seconds. You can even preload photos before the box is open. So when you give your gift to your loved one, the photos are already on there. They can scroll through it right away. It is the perfect gift for everyone. Satisfaction is guaranteed. They're confident that you'll love Skylight, and I am confident as well. They also offer free 120-day returns. It's a top-rated brand with over a million happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews. It's available in over 30 countries, recommended by the Today Show, Forbes, New York Mag, and more. As a special, limited-time offer for our listeners, you can get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. Get $15 off. Your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's S K Y L I G H T F R A M E dot com slash locked on.
So keys to victory in this matchup this is Monday night. You got two for whatever reason we want to run two Monday night football games in tandem. So uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't get it either. <laughs> Just selling money to ESPN. My, a buddy asked right. me about this the other day, like why. Do they do this? And to me, it's just, hey, ESPN, if you pay a little more on the TV deal, we'll give you an extra Monday night game late in the season. Like, that's the right. only theory that I have. You know, right. follow the money. <laughs> oh. Hopefully hopefully we have an entertaining game on our hands. Uh, I certainly right. would love to have a game that we, we want to watch, and, and it's a healthy game. But, uh, Tyler, keys to victory for Tennessee. Uh, what do you think is one thing that they're going to have to do, whether they've done it all season or not, specifically against this Dolphins team that you think will be really telling as far as what the final score looks like? Well, Kyle, I was going to say pray, but I used that as my key to victory against the Jaguars a couple uh, weeks ago. So I can't go back to that same well, can't sit at the same uh, same pupil again. So I will say the obvious answer football-wise, and it's turnovers. I mean, turnovers are the great equalizer. If you get a bad football team against a good football team, if the good football team doesn't come out prepared, you know, maybe they're looking ahead. This is an easy win for the Dolphins in their mind. Just classic philosophical stuff with the with the game and sports. So if the Dolphins come out, maybe they're not on it. Maybe the coaches didn't work as hard this week because they think the opponent's easier. The Titans come out. They play a physical brand of football, hit them in the mouth, get a couple of turnovers, cause a couple of fumbles because Tyreek Hill sometimes just you know, goes too fast and like can drop the ball. He, he does things like that from time to time. If the Titans get lucky and force a couple turnovers, give the offense a couple of possessions inside the Dolphins' 40-yard line, the strike zone, as I like to call it, um, where Will Levis can maybe throw some, some deep balls to the end zone. Uh, I think turnovers on defense to give the defense a break and some wins against this offense, but also give the offense... Uh, easier opportunities. That'll be the number one key to victory in this one. But on the other side, the Titans need to hit some trick plays. Like the Titans offense isn't good enough for down-to-down efficiency. That's just not what they're going to do. The Titans need to hit some big plays. They need to hit a trick play a couple of times. They need Will Levis to just throw some bombs and it work out a couple of times. Hit some of these play-action passes for 40 yards. The Titans need to trick the Dolphins and hope that they trick them right. Like that. that's what it comes down to, whether it be the double reverse flea flicker that they tried to run last week, whether it be these uh, exotic plays with Tajay Spears in motion and Derrick Henry taking the snap and all these different things the Titans have tried to do to to win against teams that are better than them. I go up backfield deception. Like that's what the Titans whole offense is is built on, backfield deception. That's what they want to do. And the only way that they're going to be able to compete with Miami is to hit a couple, is really open up the playbook Try as many trick plays as you can and hope that your defense gets turnovers to give you opportunities to score when you hit on those plays. Yeah, so I I agree with you with turnovers 100%. It's been a big storyline for Miami all season long. Uh, This past game was just their second game all year where they didn't have a turnover. Uh, So they they have struggled at times with ball security. So I know uh, I believe Tennessee only has three interceptions on the season coming into this game. They have not. uh, I told you the secondary is really a mess. Uh, they don't play uh, a lot of coverages that give them opportunities to get interceptions. And just the defense as a whole has not been good enough to, to really turn things around on offenses enough for how bad the offense is. And the, the other thing I would point to for Miami defensively is they'll be without Jerome Baker, uh, one of their, their key linebackers, green dot defender. Uh, so how they bridge that gap, Duke Riley stepped in against Washington and played well, but mm-hmm. Washington was able to, to get a couple chunk runs in the running game, including a few before that game got 
out of hand and it wasn't like they were keying off against light box counts because mine was expecting them to just pass the football. So do they go a little bit more with their base personnel, knowing that Tennessee with Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears and their, their ability to create plays in the running game, Washington hit them with some spread formations and then they ran either counter or power to the other side where they're trying to get a numbers advantage and just flip the running strength after the snap. So the did a nice job with that on a couple of those runs and, and Brian Robinson before he struggled, had the hamstring issue was able to run through some tough, soft tackle challenges on the edge and in the secondary. So without your own Baker, you're going to have a smaller linebacker and Duke Riley, a different green dot player, presumably as, as long as they're not going to put the green dot on David long as another revenge game storyline for this matchup between the Titans and the dolphins. Uh, and if you get them on the edge, the, the, you're going to have to come ready to tackle. And, and Jalen Ramsey's been a, a breath of fresh air in that capacity. But uh, Xavier Howard and uh, if, if Javon Holland's not going to dress and it's going to be Brandon Jones again, he missed several tackles against Washington. That's the, the big thing. And, and I'd also look to your pass rush, Sam Howell, the explosives that Washington got with Sam Howell creating and getting off his spot and then throwing the ball down the field. So tackling, whether it's your pass rush or whether it is you're in the box slash on the edge support. How do you fit the run in this matchup? I think will be really telling for the Dolphins as well. And Kyle, I don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but just one more question. Curiously, the Titans run game was able to get going last week against the Colts because they're so committed to 40 fronts. Like they would not put five guys on the line of scrimmage to save mm -hmm. their life. And the Titans were literally just like, okay, we're going to put as many guys on the line of scrimmage as we can. And we're going to double team you to get, as much movement as we can. Yep. Um, and the Titans were putting like their tight ends in the backfield as wingbacks so that they could go up the interior gaps and get to the linebackers so that the double teams could stick on a little bit longer. So I'm just curious, do you think that we'll see a lot of 50 fronts from the Dolphins? Do they, or do you think that they'll go with four man fronts? So I think they will. 50 match. fronts or five man fronts. Sorry, you know, not yep. everybody is not to be like, oh, you don't know what it is, but just to make sure 50 front, I mean five guys on the line of scrimmage, 40 front, I mean four guys. Yeah, so they, they do run their bare fronts uh, if you go with, usually with 12 personnel. So if you come mm -hmm. out with two tight ends on the field, they're going to put Which Raquan Davis in and, and take take the nickel off the field. Uh, so they'll mm -hmm. go Raquan Davis on the nose, Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins as your B-gap defenders, and then they'll have Bradley Chubb and what well, was Jalen Phillips, but now Andrew Van Ginkle or Emmanuel Agba, who's a little bit more of a heavy-handed type player. Yeah, power uh, has player. a little bit more mass. Van Ginkle's a little bit more of a speedy guy. He's around 250, mm -hmm. so he's a smaller player. Uh, so they'll match personnel in that capacity. They're not afraid to come out in their base fronts, uh, but they they usually end up deferring to the nickel front. Now, I wouldn't be surprised right. if they, they start with the four-man fronts to start and say, hey, we want to see if we could stop the run with the four-down and then really have the coverage shells that we want on the back end and not have to ask one of our linebackers to, to drop into right. coverage. So wouldn't be surprised if they go that route early, and then if Tennessee gets some momentum, if you start to see more of number 98 in the middle, which would be Raekwon Davis. Yep, that, yep. that'll be an interesting little thing. Yeah. Is going to do it for this crossover mm -hmm. Thursday of Locked on Dolphins, Locked on Titans. Make sure you check out Locked on Titans with Tyler, Locked on Dolphins with yours truly. Uh, before the game, we obviously have the Monday shows before the game on Monday night. And then after the game, we will have all of the coverage that you need as well. We appreciate you guys for checking out the Locked On Network. Make sure you check out all of your favorite teams. It is your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on this network, and we have outstanding hosts across the network for not just football, but every sport. So you can find us on YouTube, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Enjoy the weekend of football ahead. Enjoy the wait until Dolphins-Titans on Monday Night Football. And here is to a health, 
healthy and safe game. Tyler, thanks for joining me. Absolutely, Kyle.